You are on Max's Island, a podcast by Meet Max Power. On Max's Island podcast, you'll hear the lived experiences of people who choose to live life a little differently. It might be a story of when they took time out and dared to do something crazy. Perhaps they made a decision to leave it all behind and follow their dreams. Or maybe they just stopped listening to what other people thought and did what was right for them. This experience becomes a story that is part of them and one that you need to hear. So, now that you're on Max's Island, listen to the wisdom in these stories and you too will be inspired to do what you have always wanted to do. Today on Max's Island, I've got David Maddox. David, welcome to Max's Island. Thank you. Thank you for having me. David, on Max's Island, we get to hear stories of people who have done something a little different, done something that is a bit of the passion for themselves, went against the grain even, um, did something that they've always wanted to do. Have you got a time in your life when you did something that you really wanted to do or was a bit different? Yeah, absolutely. Something not that long ago in um, 2019. Oh, very recent. Very recent, yes. Well, a couple of things happened there is one, having the time to do it, and two, having the resources to do it. But uh, I've always, my whole life, gone to as many concerts as I can. I've gone to the opening of an envelope. I've always enjoyed going to concerts. And was that the case from a teenager? Has music been a big part of your life? Very much so. Having a brother who's five years older than me and he was a a local DJ, um, just in halls and things like that. So we always had a lot of singles uh, around our place. He had strobe lights and ice machines, so I always used to play with those. So I really got uh, into music um, early. Can't play a thing at all. But, uh, but <laughs> Most of us can't, but we, we can pretend. Pretend, absolutely. Yes, I'm good at air guitar. Oh, so good. it's it. But uh, so I always wanted to go to concerts, and there's been some that have just never come to Australia. So I've always wanted to pursue going overseas to see them. And how this started about, I've got a very close friend who I've always gone to concerts with called Jeff. And on one of his trips without me, which was very selfish of him, he got to see Bob Seeger. Now, Bob Seger doesn't travel outside of America because of a fear of flying, and um, he smokes about 80 cigarettes a day. <laughs> so, so, no good on the plane. No, that's it. Yeah, there's two things he doesn't like very much, and it's a long way to come on a boat to Australia. And I found out that he was doing his last um, tour in, in America. He's just retired. So um, I decided I wanted to go. And uh, so I asked friends and, uh, and Liz, my wife, who said no. So I went on my own. To the States? On to your the own. States, yes. For how long? This one was only for three weeks in total. But I planned this trip and it was to go and see Bob Seger in New Jersey. But there's no point in going to America to see one concert. So I um, set up a little bit of a, um, a roadmap of different concerts that were around the area. 
and ended up going and seeing 11 artists over 16 days through America. And when you say in the area, so you started in Jersey. And yeah, I started in how, New Jersey. And how yeah. far west did it go? Well, started in New Jersey to see Bob Seger. Then I, I picked up a car at the airport in New York, JFK, and they just gave it to me and you know, and said, I oh, drive on the other side of the road, which was a little <laughs> bit unique for me and a little bit scary. But, you know, th- there was no training. or It was just, here you go. You've got a, an international license. You can do so. So I drove back to Jersey, back into New York so I could see Billy Joel at Madison Square Gardens. And then I flew across to um, the Chicago area. And it was that sort of area. There was enough small cities in that area that I could go and see different concerts or baseball games, following this, the track of the artist that I wanted to see. So I got across to sort of uh, Des Moines, I can't say it was Des Moines, Des Moines yes. yes, by just driving on a car on the wrong side of the road and trying not to go around roundabouts the wrong way, So, uh, which was the worst part. Now, you've just casually passed a comment that well, I saw Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden. Yes. How yeah. many people were there? It was full. Um, Billy Joel has played at Madison Square Gardens more than anyone else. It's seen as his home sort of turf. And they've actually got a sign up of how many concerts he's seen. And he, he probably does half a dozen or more every year just at Madison Square Gardens. Right. And it, it was chock-a-block. I, I don't know the capacity of Madison Square, but whatever it was, it was full. Yeah. And they just absolutely love him. So seeing certain artists in certain places is another sort of... Uh, a bucket list, I guess. A bit like going to see, you know, an FA Cup final or, or a Grand Prix or something. But seeing, um, I got, managed to see Ray Davis at the Kinks at the Royal Albert Hall in, in England. And again, he's, all his songs were about London and, and the area, so they loved him. And uh, so it's great to f- feed off of that sort of uh, energy that's in, in a crowd. So, so let's, let's, we've started with Bob Seger and, and Billy Joel. Yep. How... Oh, I'm always interested in, you know, really great artists and how their voice or their per- stage persona holds up after many years. Mm. How did uh, Bob Seger sound? And you said he's a 70-a-day habit cigarette smoker. Yeah. Well, he's always had that sort of bit of a, a, a growl to his voice. Yeah. Uh, no, he was very good. I, I, I think we all have to make allowances that um, our heroes are getting older. But he wasn't embarrassing. He wasn't... Um, he, I saw Meatloaf on the um, AFL Grand Final Tour and that was embarrassing. Yes. And, and the only time I've left before the encore because I just it was cringeworthy. But he so what we saw on the TV at the AFL Grand Final was consistent with his other performances? It was, yes. Mm. Except we had a lot of time of him justifying how good his voice was <laughs> when, it, when it wasn't. So... Um, but no, Bob Seger, um, he, he kept it t- together and he was very good. Um, he wasn't doing as many high jumps or high kicks or anything uh, at 70-odd that he was, but uh, he put on a pretty good show. So yeah. Chicago, now that's got a great history of, of music. Yes. So who did you see around Chicago, around the area? Well, around the area? Well, I, I went from JFK and picked up another car in Chicago and drove out of Chicago, which was, was quite scary in itself. And then went out to uh, Fort Wayne um, to see Paul McCartney. So I drove down there. Yeah, uh, what, what amazed me, I'm not a good traveller on my own because Liz, my wife, does everything for me. And two, I'm lazy eater. So um, to do this on my own was, was, was quite a feat. And, uh, and not to crash my massive big American car they gave me 
which was a Hyundai Elantra. So uh, <laughs> I didn't quite get the car I thought I was going to get. But then it, it was down to see um, uh, Paul McCartney and uh, 17,000 people um, down there in Indiana. And, uh, and that was amazing. And then I had a gap in my agenda and I looked around for something. And I found that the Teskey Brothers, who are a New South Wales band. Yeah, very, very famous now. Yeah, they've done, no. they've uh, sort of uh, slowly become well-known in Australia exactly. and um, mm. great music, yeah. But Paul McCartney to 150 people or so watching the Teskey Brothers in some little hall. which And it was amazing. Everyone there obviously had a passion for them. But to see them in such a small arena compared to where I've seen them in Australia yes. um, was great. And they came out and had a beer with us all afterwards. And I told them I was from Australia. So they signed a set list for me with um, Australian sort of sayings on it and everything. So that was great. Good, good. Just going back to the first few concerts, did you meet up you know you're on your own did you meet up with anybody or did you just do it sort of in isolation americans love australians yeah. so yet no i was on my own eating out of vending machines or there's a, an amazing um, burger chain around that area called white castle which you may have heard of um, there's mm. a couple of um teen teen movies made out of them right white castle sells sliders yes. you know the very small yep. burgers and they're the first and you buy them six at a time and but there's no green in them, There's no <laughs> the, the closest you get is a bit of onion on there, or maybe a, a pickle, as Americans love pickles. But these sliders come out, and it's just um, the bread is very, very sweet, and then some sort of reconstituted meat and everything. So, but I was eating them; they were great. <laughs> sort of thing. You know, um, they sound good. But they tasted great. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it wasn't very good for my health. I was sort of, but no, I, I didn't know. But everywhere I went, and I sat down and by myself, and said that I was from Australia. People were very, very welcoming and just loved Australia. They asked the very typical American questions that, you know, do we all have a kangaroo mm. sort of in the background? Um, that's not a cliche. That they, they do think that that's how we live um, in, in there. But the Americans that I met weren't like the Americans on the TV. It was it was the real America because I was driving around and I was just in in little flag-ins staying um, the night and just meeting the average American in the crowd. And I got lots of free drinks because they wanted to have a free drink. Yeah. Now, people that listen to this will say, but you sound very, very English, um, which I do. I was born in England. But to the Americans, I was, you know, I was Paul Hogan. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I was as Australian as they get. So, no, it, it was good. I was made very, very welcome. Good. So after Paul McCartney, who oh, else McCartney. did we see? Um, then Teskey Brothers, then um, Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20. Ah, yes. Yeah. And by now I've got to Highland Park, which is another 40 minutes north of Chicago. So all up of that sort of that side of the, um, of the lakes. Um, and Rob Thomas, again, a lot of the, um, the American um, concert season is in their summer because they're all outdoor venues. Right. Once you get out of... Um, New York or LA or somewhere like that. It, the rest of them, they're multi-use stadiums, and a little bit of it is underground, uh, under cover, and then the rest of it is just open to the elements. And so, they in Chicago, the, their winters are 
Yeah, oh, yes. Bitter. So, <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. yeah, you've the limited season, you're right. Well, at, at the um, the Rob Thomas one, I went in um, the Australian that I am in my T-shirt and shorts because it was beautiful during the day. And by about six o'clock, it was freezing. <laughs> so I went and bought a well-overpriced um, wind cheater with Rob Thomas on it, which I really didn't want, which one of my daughters has now got, <laughs> just to keep warm because you're right. I didn't realise how cold it was going to get. Yeah. But we went there. And then... Um, after that, I went uh, to see one of my favourite bands, which is uh, a band called Cheap Trick, who have been yes. around since the 70s. So I went and saw them in Wokagan. I don't know if I've said that right right either. So I'm still going north, further north from Chicago right, okay. and in the car and staying at Flag Inns. And, uh, and they were amazing, but a much smaller crowd in sort of converted cinemas almost um, for these. So it was an indoor concert but uh, managed to go and see them so my recollection of cheap trick because i'm your vintage so they were sort of big in my 20s as well um yeah. they were a really energetic band how were yeah. they live in 2019 they still are uh, they're very much so um rick nielsen who plays yeah. the guitars um who's in his late 60s now he still jumps around the stage and swaps his guitars and does silly things but they've also brought some youth into the band because um, the drummer, Bunny Carlos, had to retire because he couldn't do it anymore. And so Rick Nielsen's son now plays drums. Right. And um, Robin Zander, who's the uh, lead vocalist, his um, son plays guitar in the band as well. So it's a real family affair. Yeah. And they've got a great sort of middle-sized following in America. And uh, they've been here a few times as well. They're a great energy band yeah. and a lot of fun. So It's, it's interesting that there are... Some bands that, you know, had moderate success internationally in their prime can, you know, 30, 40 years afterwards can still make it. And it's just about evolving, isn't it? It's about, oh, it is. It's about, and having sons that can come into a band obviously mm. makes it uh, much easier. But it's amazing how many artists can create a career on, like you say, a couple of hit songs. You know, they had... The Flame and I Want You To Want Me um, and Surrender back in the 70s and early 80s. And they're the staple of their um, set list now and people yes. still go. Yeah. Now, they've probably released 15 albums since then, but to, to the Joe public, that's all that I'll ever remember. Yes. And uh, But yes, you can make a career. If you've had a few um, hits um, a long time ago, you can still continue to go around and... Make a pretty good living. Yeah, and I guess that's the benefit of having 350 million <laughs> exactly. people yes. in, in, in a country that's about the same size as Australia where yeah. we've got 25. True, but <laughs> I still go and see Richard Clapton here in uh, in Australia and he hasn't had a hit since what, Girls on, Girls the, on Avenue the Avenue or something like yeah, that. And, yeah. uh, but he's still third or fourth on the billing of um, you know the Big Day at or um, yeah, one of those sorts of festivals. So. Yes. Yeah, if you've got a couple of songs that people remember... You can, you can still do it, yeah. Do it. So, yeah, so I went and saw Cheap Trick, one of my heroes, and then I went back to um, to Chicago just to go to Wrigley Field um, and got to watch the uh, the baseball there. Yep. And uh, which was really good. Um, I managed to get some sort of chips with what they call cheese, which is <laughs> nothing like what cheese is in <laughs> Australia, just this sort of bright orange mass they put over the top, which instantly went cold and just stuck to it and... I still ate it, so my cholesterol was way up way and up. my arteries were clogged, I'm sure. But, uh, so we see the classic shots of Wrigley Field with the brickwork and, the, and all of those sorts of things and the, and the, the long shot out over the outfield. And it, it, is it 
is it a big place or is it quite intimate? Um, no, it's it's not that big, and it, and the bleachers aren't that tall because it's it's mainly made of wood yes. um, still, and they've sort of heritage listed it or whatever the equivalent is over there, and uh, but it's also crowded in by in the streets now because there are buildings all around it, so it sort of sits there as this icon, a little bit like the pyramids where if you get the the right view that the city's right up on the pyramids. Yes. Um, the same with Wrigley Field that there are just tallish buildings all around it and then there's this beautiful old baseball stadium and uh, but no it's it's a medium size what's the capacity to, i don't know uh, i'm sorry I, was, I should have uh, checked on that but it's it's mm. nowhere near the size of um in new york or or la um, yeah. for that very purpose and so it was very hard to get tickets yes and something I, I do find is how big scalping and bootleg t-shirts and things are in america both outside of the concerts I went to, inside you buy a $40, $50 tour T-shirt, outside someone's selling them for $5 something, and they're really good quality, and no one seems to bat an eyelid. Now, I no, I have it on good authority that that's actually one of your vices, collecting music memorabilia. Uh, memorabilia, T-shirts, yes. How many T-shirts do you reckon you've got, music T-shirts? Oh, 200. Wow. Is it music or hard rock? So I try yeah. to go to do every hard rock cafe that I can wherever I go in yes. the world and get some T-shirts. Um, so it drives my wife mad. So I need to, to tell listeners on Max's Island that David's actually wearing a hard rock T-shirt at the moment. Cozumel. Cozumel. And where's that? That's off the, um, the coast of um, Florida. Uh, not, yeah, Florida. Yeah, yeah. Miami, so yeah, that, I'll that get one. it right, that's it. And that's doing the Kiss Cruises oh. um, with the rock band Kiss yeah. and you go uh, around a few of the little islands so, uh, and they've all got a little hard rock on them and you buy a T-shirt. So after we've finished with your tour of 2019, we might talk to you about those Kiss Cruises. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just finish the podcast on that. So anyway, you've, you're, yeah. you're probably halfway through, are you, by now? Oh, no, no, I, I'm more through. Um, after that, back to see Cheap Trick a second time, then um, back to see Paul McCartney a second ah, time, okay. um, because they're moving through the area. Yes. And as I said, that Chicago area has got enough towns that are, are big enough to have a stadium for these acts. So without having to drive more, the most I had to drive in any one day was four hours. Um, between gigs you could sort of follow them around so if there's artists that you like and another story would be to say how many times i've seen kiss and followed them around <laughs> but then i went off to see steve miller band ah, um, right. again which is one of my favorites who doesn't travel very long and now i'm into iowa and so i've continued to travel east and and that's as far as i got was to go out to iowa and see steve miller band yeah so from there Back to New York by plane, and I managed to get back into Perth three hours before I got to see the monkeys here and do a meet and greet with uh, Mickey Dolans and uh, and Peter. So, so uh, you came off of international flight straight to another concert. Yes, yeah, that, that's how we roll. That sort of thing goes. Okay. But uh, so since that one, I've tried to do this or emulate it another two times. But um, 2020 and 2021. Um, both got cancelled, but next year I've extended it from 16 days to six weeks. Wow. And I've got 26 concerts to see if it all works out. Already booked? Already booked, yes. So just give us a highlight of the top two or three. What do you think are going to be your highlights? Uh, of that tour? 
Well, there's a there's a tour that's going around that's um, Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison, and Joan Jett all under one bill. So I'm going to see that three times. And uh, Diana Ross, more for Liz, but I've never seen her, so yeah. that's something to do. And just a few Kiss concerts that I managed to yeah. fit in as well. Great. So fingers crossed um, that the COVID situation improves and uh, I get to do that uh, that tour. Interested in just going back to Paul McCartney. So you saw him twice. Yeah. How consistent was he? I, I imagine yeah. you know the professional he is, his concerts would be very consistent and the quality would be would be. Top shelf. They are. I, I don't think any expense is spared for a McCartney concert. He's also aware that at his, you know, his age, his voice isn't what it was, so there are certain songs you're just not going to get. He won't do anything that he believes was a Lennon song as opposed to a McCartney song. Oh, so okay. he will play Beatles songs. Yes. But even though they put uh, songwriting credits for both of them on them, some of them, you know, Let It Be, Yesterday are definitely McCartney songs and then something like I Am The Walrus or Revolution are, are definitely going to be Lennon songs. Lennon songs. So you get a mixture of his solo stuff, Wings, and uh, and then Beatles that are McCartney Beatles on there. Very good. His voice is average. Um, he's, he's getting an old man, but you are seeing, you know, the greatest songwriter of our time, or of any time probably, up close and personal. Well, with your seventeen thousand closest friends, <laughs> and uh, no, it's very, very good. I've I've been very lucky. First concert I ever saw back in seventy six was Paul McCartney and Wings, due to my older brother, and that was I didn't really realise what I was seeing back then at that young age. But now I really appreciate what an artist he is, and uh, obviously loves it. He doesn't need the money, so he just just doing it for because he enjoys it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, an excellent concert. So the trip lived up to the expectation for you? Very much so. The, the concerts do, but concerts are concerts. But it's the, the travelling around and meeting people. Something else that Americans do is they party in the car park before oh, concerts. Just like at the, the, at the baseball or the um, gridiron? Yeah, the tailgate parties. Yeah. And so they get there early and they, they bring out their Weber barbecues and they're all sitting in the back and they've got their deck chairs and they're drinking alcohol in the car park so there's a really good sort of um party atmosphere around it it's not just sort of as we tend to do rock up to the concert see the concert and go they make more of a day of it um and i think that's perhaps because some of them have traveled some distance um to get there but um no it's a very good uh, very good good experience And, and hence why i've been trying to get back for two years and have made this much bigger concert tour this time so more driving on the wrong side of the road yeah and, uh, more bad white castle food <laughs> <laughs> we need to go back to the kiss cruises yeah just fascinated by the fact that there are kiss cruises tell there me are. about those well the kiss cruise there have been 10 kiss cruises and i've been on four of them where do they go from and to um they go from all of them except for one which went from new orleans uh, I think because the ships were moving um, their their um, sort of route, so they did one from there. All the others have gone from Miami. And they'll go out to the small islands like the Cayman Islands or they'll go to um, Key West or somewhere like that for um, five days. And uh, Kiss, are, uh, the band are on board, along with a support um, set of different artists, mainly... 80s hair metal bands that are past their prime but 
the darkness have been on there and um, Skid Row and, and bands like that. But Kiss are on board. They'll play three times and you'll get to see them twice. How big is the venue on, on board? Well, that's why you see them two of the three times. They, they do a, a sail away gig on the... Um, they cover the, the main swimming pool and they put a stage on there and everyone just finds a vantage point as we sail while they'll play. And then they do two in the theatre and they um, split you into two, obviously, because yes. they can't get everybody in. And you get to see one of those two concerts. So you're probably seeing it, it with about 1,500 people, which with them in full makeup is quite, is about as good as you're going to get to a sort of a little club gig for someone the size of Kiss. But notably, no fireworks because you're on a ship <laughs> on the middle of the ocean. So lots of confetti, but definitely no fireworks. Then apart from the, the concerts, depending upon how much money you've got is how much time you can spend with KISS because everyone knows that they're pretty good at the marketing. They're selling guitars, broken guitars, lessons, paintings, everything. And you can spend up to 10,000 US on a signed guitar, uh, but probably 5,000 upwards to get you more time with KISS if you want to. And did you take up any opportunity to do a meet and greet with them? Um, I've been fortunate enough to do several meet and greets with Kiss, but um, my wife liked one of the paintings that Paul Stanley had made, and so we bought that. So we got to um, to speak to him with that. Told him we'd come from Perth, and he said, "Oh, I nearly bought a um, a house in Scarborough, um, Scarborough Beach." So he knew of Western Australia, uh, obviously not just somewhere he's flown in, flown out of. Yes. And then just said, "Oh, but when would I have used it?" But um, very nice, very cordial. And uh, we got our few minutes of fame with him mm-hmm. and photo taken. And uh, it was great. And what else do you do on the boat other than the meet and greets and the, and the concerts? Is there Yeah, oh, well, it's, it's like a normal cruise. cruise. So it has, you know, there's still the focus on, well, always were buffets and, and things <laughs> of that nature that people can have. And I think most people will get the drink package because there seems to be... Um, a fair amount of drinking gone. Never seen anyone drunk, I think, because everyone's out in the sun and, and, and dehydrating. But uh, there's just a few black T-shirts as well. Yeah, you I can just, imagine. Just the odd one, yeah. If you're not wearing a black T-shirt, you're really not that, in That's the so. standard dress, yeah. or the dress standard for the, that's for it. the tour, yeah. And then you stop at two ports on the five days. And that, as I said, they may be somewhere like the Caymans or whatever. But there's also Norwegian um, Cruise Line have their own private islands at that area where... They own the island and they'll dock there and it's got shops and things on there and nice beaches, so you go and do that. So some people get off of the boat where they're having a all-in drink fest to go on a pub crawl around one of these places yes. just for something different. Something but, different. but the waters are spectacular around that area. But um, And if you like beaches, they're great. But yeah, you just go around there and you're, you're high-fiving people and doing the devil's horns and... Uh, pretending that you're 16. Um, what a way to go. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, David, thanks for being on Max's Island. It's been really interesting to hear of your passion for music, but the interesting way that you've consumed it, especially in America. Before we go, what is in store for you in Australia in the next couple of months with regard music? And is there any particular bands or performers that you're going to see? Oh, again, fingers crossed that COVID allows this to happen. Kiss are coming in March. To, so to WA? Or to, to WA, but across Australia. Australia yeah. So they're doing nine concerts across Australia. So I'm going to nine concerts across Australia. Go so do them all. Do them all. Yes, yeah, start um, 
in Melbourne, do three in Melbourne, back to Perth, cross to Adelaide, then to Sydney, then to Brisbane, finishing up in Townsville, if it all goes well. So that's the, uh, the next big one coming, fingers crossed. So looking forward to it. Well, David, thanks for being on Maxis Island. Good luck, and hopefully you do get a chance to do that tour around Australia. And looking forward to hearing some stories of your next trip to America. So thanks for being on the island. No problems at all. I'll bring you back a T-shirt. Cheers. Every sense was engaged, his mind was as clear as 